Hello, hello. Welcome back to this week's Q&A. Uh, waiting for a few people to get in here, but uh, happy quarantining for those of you in the United States and around the world, because everybody's kind of in the same boat here. Welcome, welcome. A couple people joining in. Hello, hello. Uh, we collected some questions. Hey, Chris, thanks for being here. Arnie's here from Finland. What's up, Arnie? Thanks for being here. Danny Janklo, happy quarantine. Uh, I got some questions from this week that we're going to go through, but uh, feel free to drop it in uh, in the comments below or in the questions. Um, we have some questions that I collected yesterday and today, um, and we'll just kind of go through some of those questions. Some good questions came in this week. Um, if you are a person that wants to support artists, um, there is uh, today is Friday. Uh, March 20th and Bandcamp is giving uh, all of the proceeds directly to artists so um, if you are a fan of anyone from outside of music Danny Janklow is one of those artists uh, there's lots and lots of I, I don't have time to go through the whole list of artists but um, please go on their Bandcamp you know at outside of music we have the artists upload their music directly so they can get all of the proceeds from those sales so if you are a person who has music up on Bandcamp, uh, please drop it in the, the comments so people know and they can go and uh, support. So we're really glad to be able to do that. So um, please go over to Bandcamp, support those artists. Uh, and or if you can't do that right now, just turn on a stream. You know, if you haven't checked out the new record, Cast of Characters came out uh, last month, February 28th. And if you haven't checked that out, thanks to everyone that's participated in the Aduke challenge that wrapped up today. Uh, in my last post, I put the winners there. So if you, uh, if you were a winner, send me a DM with what you, what you choose as your prize. And, um, so yeah, so feel free to drop in a question. Otherwise I'll get to some of these ones that I have saved here, uh, from this week. So let me open those up. I don't know what I did with them, but, uh, Hope everyone's staying healthy uh, at home, whether wherever you are. Um, here we go. Here comes some questions. There are some good questions this week. Uh, so I'm just going to go from the beginning. Also, feel free to drop them in here. But uh, so Trevor, he says, tips on memorizing chord changes. Uh, my first tip would be to learn them on the piano and uh, don't think about it as memorizing because memorizing to me. Uh, implies that you would learn it and then you would take later a step to memorize and so I try to go directly from um, learning to memorizing so skipping any sort of reading part of it to go right to right to the um, learning part so I learn on piano learn to play bass melody arpeggios all that kind of stuff on the trombone and try to learn the changes and melody together rather than being like I have to memorize these changes just learn them together right from the beginning if you learn them on piano you know start to recognize overall patterns and overall uh, shapes of what is going on in the tune like is it three six two five one one four three six two five one is it a rhythm changes is it a blues so try to put uh, things together into like patterns or into groups so that you can memorize a whole group of things together rather than like all it's e a d g c like that's just a list of letters and that's not very helpful so try not to do that and uh, try to think of things in key centers that's what i like to do just learn them on piano learn it on piano roots in the left hand thirds and sevenths in the right hand go through and do it that way that's how i memorize chord changes um, so hopefully that'll help some people that are uh trying to do that 
Andrew Rubio dropped in a question here. What makes UNT's College of Music stand out, and what should I expect as an upcoming freshman? Oh, well, I am wearing the uh, Jazz Trombone Day shirt from our uh, first Jazz Trombone Day this last fall. Uh, and actually, this is a studio sweatshirt. I can't turn around all the way. Uh, UNT's College of Music is special because it's one of one. It's a pretty intense environment, and it really helps people um, stay on top of their stuff. You know, uh, you have to stay organized. You have to be on top of things. It's, it simulates like a real life kind of experience, but in a college setting. There's a lot of responsibility. There's a lot of classes and things you got to keep keep track of, and concerts, and there's lots of music to go see. It's a pretty intense environment for. Uh, for um, the students, so I think that it, that is definitely helpful. It keeps people on top of their game. It's pretty competitive, competitive environment with the the different bands that you can be a part of, and um, I think that that is definitely helpful to the students to to really measure their progress and really accelerate their progress uh, forward. So, what can you expect as a freshman? Uh, you'll be in a lab band. You'll be uh, in other large ensembles, uh, if you're a trombone player, you take classical lessons the first two years to get your technique together, to get your horn together, which I think is super important to really just get the horn together before anything else. Um, and you can expect to uh, get your butt kicked, which is a good thing, I think, in music school. So, Andrew, I look forward to seeing you in the fall. Uh, Alton, hey, what's up, Alton? Uh, how do you keep your Apple earbuds? I always lose mine. Uh, yeah, I lose them all the time, too. I keep extras. I order them like two or three at a time on Amazon because I always lose them. And that's why I don't have AirPods because I'm going to lose them. So I just stick with the wired ones. At least they're attached to my phone. I'm less likely to lose them. Uh, Samuel Penaforte, the trombone mouthpiece is the same thing as a euphonium mouthpiece. No, that's not true. Uh, it has different backboard. Could be similar. Uh, Andrew, he's a trombone player. Very excited. Excellent. I uh, can't wait to meet you. Make sure you say hello, and uh, you definitely make sure you audition for lab bands because we have uh, lots to offer there. Great. I think of one more. There's another question here. Here's Jackson on the sax. Let's see. What, what are some ways that a musician can be prepared for random occurrences like the coronavirus that knocks them out of... Oh, it's too long of a question. Uh, I don't think there's any way to be prepared for that. Um, Musica Classica Playlist. Hi, do you have a Spotify profile? Yes, Nick Finzer. You can find it. Um, there's no way to be prepared other than to be financially responsible. Just be responsible in general. You know, just because you're a musician doesn't mean, you know, real life isn't going to happen to you uh, at some point. So, you know, I definitely wouldn't... Uh, not be try to be prepared you know save some money put stuff away uh for emergency funds there's never been more of an emergency fund uh time than now for freelance positions that rely on gigs playing teaching all this kind of stuff um i mean you kind of have to go into this lifestyle knowing that it's going to be a little bit like this uh, unpredictable from time to time and you have to know that you have to plan ahead and uh, so it helps to at least have some context for planning. It helps to just, you know, try to be prepared. And, um, you know, it was kind of not exactly the same, definitely not the same at all, but uh, a similar time when I got out of school, it was right after the financial crisis. And if things keep, you know, happening in a negative fashion, we might be 
in a similar similar place again, you know, when I came right out of school. And so kind of being able to say, all right, this is the rock bottom. It can only go up from here. And that's only been that way. You know, it's only gotten busier. It's only gotten as my, you know, career has started to roll along, you know, things have started to pick up with the economy and all that through the last 10 years or whatever it was. So uh, just try to create opportunities. Don't wait for people to call you. Don't wait for things to happen. You have to make your own opportunities and you have to make your own stuff happen. That's what I pride myself on. You know, I'm not going to wait around. I'm going to, I'm going to go and get it, make it happen. So there's some other questions coming in here. Favorite standard? Uh, first one that came to mind was stable mates. I like stable mates. And uh, I wish I knew. That's another good one. I like that. Which school of thought for the quickest route to improvisation, exercises or transcribing lines? Uh, no exercises. Learn vocabulary. Transcribe. Listen to the music. That's from Chadwick Black with an X. Uh, yeah, exercises are uh, no of no good, of no use if you have no vocabulary. Uh, they serve to enhance the vocabulary you already have, but if you don't have vocabulary in the begin to begin with, you can't do anything. So, listen, play along with the transcriptions. Do as many as you can. Get as deep as you can into the transcriptions that you do. I always recommend going deeper rather than wider. There's always going to be more things to transcribe, but the deeper you can go into it right at the beginning, the better off you're going to be, in my opinion. Thanks for all these questions. This is going great today. Uh, Arnie, favorite quarantine standard? I'm expecting a good pun on this one. Uh, I'm not good with puns. I'm not good. I'll think about it. Favorite trombonist of all time? Are you going to make me pick one? Uh, favorite trombonist of all time. I don't know. I have to pick J.J. Johnson. I know it's a cop-out answer, but, uh, but also my first, like, obsession with trombone was Wycliffe Gordon. I was obsessed with Wycliffe Gordon. And then before that, you know, the first jazz trombone player I ever met was Fred Wesley. So I had a kind of a Fred Wesley phase when I first started playing. But I don't know if I would say he's my favorite of all time. But, uh. Trenton, what do you want me to pick you for? A question? You didn't ask a question. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. I'm really trying to think about this quarantine standard. I'm really bad with puns. I bet somebody will drop one here in the comments, though, that will obliterate my, uh, my pun abilities here. Uh, next question came in this week from Dave Meter, uh, fellow UNT professor. Uh, he says, why is our hair getting gray? Well, it might be because uh, of this stressful time that we're in. But also, I'm doing better than my dad. You know, I'm pretty gray, but uh, my dad was totally gray by 30. I'll be 31, 32. I'll be 32 in May. So I'm doing okay. I still, I'm not totally gray yet. So uh, thanks, Dad, for that. Uh, Chloe Potter says, what is your tune writing process? Um, tune writing process has changed over the years. Um, my process now is to do more of like a brainstorming kind of session where I just write for a certain amount of time per day, maybe 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes as more of a practice of like writing stuff because I find getting into a habit of writing uh, is more important than um, writing a certain amount on a certain day and just trying to be consistent about that. Um, 
I try now to write the melody first rather than complicated harmonies. It's always harder to find a melody that works with cool harmonies, in my opinion, than it is to find cool harmonies that work with a great melody. Uh, so I always try to think about the melody first and uh, go from there. So thanks for joining. If you're here live, feel free to drop in some questions. There's been good ones so far. But uh, otherwise, I have this great list of questions from this week. I'm going to keep going through these. Um, hope everyone's staying healthy and relatively sane, uh, getting some good shed time in. Uh, Drewby underscale, underscale, underscore Taylor says, do you have any aspirations to write for a nonet or big band? Well, I have a dectet that I've written a project for. Uh, I have another project that I'm thinking of writing for, for a percussion ensemble and um, jazz quartet or trio. I'm not sure yet. So it'd be like six percussionists and uh, jazz quartet or something like that and then the deck tech, if you look up the 10 year suite on YouTube you can find that we did that at UNT in the fall also and um, big band I do have some big band arrangements most of them are stuff for like guest artists appearances and they're my originals I've been talking with some arrangers actually about trying to get a, a record's worth of material together so uh, maybe that's coming Maybe it's coming. But uh, in terms of like being a real big band writer, I don't think I have the, the chops for that. I'll leave that to uh, people who are more dedicated to that than me. Uh, I just, I get hung up in the great orchestration of certain people like Gil Evans, for example. I'm like, how am I even gonna get there? I still need to shed my long tones, you know? So uh, anyway, I'm gonna hire maybe a, some people to, to write some arrangements and we'll eventually get a big band record together Tom L. Wendler says, what mouthpiece do you use? I use a Marcinkowitz. It's a 6E-S. Uh, I forget the um, dimensions. I have it on a, my uh, desktop computer has a screenshot of what that is uh, similar to, but I um, don't remember. But um, I've used it since 11th grade, something like that, 12th, and I just, I like, I like how it feels. It's easy to play. It's not too heavy. Um, I've tried heavier mouthpieces, heavier blanks, but just not for me. So I'm more of a consistency over time person than a find the perfect mouthpiece for the perfect situation. Uh, and I always um, go towards the sound. Like uh, if the sound isn't happening, um, that's it's pointless to me. You've got to always go to go for the sound, not for what's comfortable. Because when I've gone for what's comfortable before in equipment, it never works out. I always ditch it uh, sooner or later. Um, Okay, from DB Trombone, he says, how do you deal with not feeling like you can do the things you want to do? I'm assuming he's talking about on the trombone, um, shed more, make clearer goals, find um, small steps that you can take to uh, get to your goals, having goals that are like difficult to get to, so you're not just like, okay, I practiced. It's like, no, I want to be able to play some piece or I want to play this transcription or I want to be able to learn tunes in this fashion and just starting taking apart. Work backwards from the end goal and try to make little steps along the way that you can hit so that you can actually make it happen. I find that too often we make a big goal and then we make no plan and then we're just like, oh, we can't, I can't do it. And then it's just like on trombone, you have to kind of chart out your course you're not going to be able to instantly just like play fast or like shred over some hard changes without breaking stuff down having a system for doing stuff so um, for me it's breaking down a goal from the end 
and then just working steadily towards it. You know, knowing it's going to take longer than you think, having patience. So DB trombone, I hope uh, I hope that helps you to um, get to the places where you want to get to, and I think you can. It's just a matter of identifying, breaking it down, and hitting those small steps along the way. Um, another uh, question here from Jazzbone PT. He was one of the winners of the Aduke Challenge, so thanks for participating. If he hasn't seen that yet or if he's here, I think I saw him log on to the live stream. Uh, he said, number one, post-workout story vid. Oh, yeah, my story video with uh, the, for the questions was right after I went for a run. And then number two says, any tips for process of getting a university gig? Um, I think it probably depends on what type of place you want to get a gig. Um, I wasn't looking for one when either time that I've gotten hired by a university. Um, it was, you know, great circumstance and being prepared. So my thoughts are that you should be prepared uh, to take one if, if and when the opportunity comes along. So meaning that you're doing the types of things that a university would want you to be doing. You know, in my case, that's, you know, performing, making records, writing books, touring, trying to play with great people. You know, for me, it's an important part of being a musician is the playing part and the teaching uh, aspect you have to also develop kind of concurrently. So developing um, your experience as a teacher, teaching as many people as you can, doing master classes, even if it means you're doing it for no money. I tell my students all the time, you got to go and t if you want to be a teacher, you got to go and teach because you're not going to learn how to do it by sitting in a classroom. You're going to learn to teach by teaching, by seeing how what you said you say uh, is useful or not useful and you learn and you grow and so if you want to get a college teaching gig you have to one be prepared you have to be putting stuff out that's helpful in the educational environment um, some schools are going to require you to have a phd so if you need to get that phd or dma you need to take care of that there's nothing you can do if a school wants that requirement i was lucky enough that the places that i've been have been masters required and so i went and got you know my masters at juilliard and that's as far as i felt like i wanted to go um, it's not, I'm not that interested in getting a DMA, um, never was, and just wanted to get more real life experience. So that's what I did. Went to New York and just played and tried to get as best as I could musically in that way. So um, if you're aspiring to do a college teaching gig, I highly re recommend the getting the professional performance experience that's gonna set you apart from the people that just have that piece of paper. Because a piece of paper is just a piece of paper. It's kind of like, here's that, and what else? What is your extra thing? What is your special, unique quality that you bring that nobody else brings? Um, so that's my that would be my recommendation. Try to put yourself into a category where nobody else is doing what you're doing, and you can find people that appreciate what you're up to and find a symbiotic place. You know, and you know, for me, it was not. I wasn't looking for it, so. The harder you're looking for it, the harder it's going to be to um, find. I think just being open to things as they come along is kind of the, one of the best ways to be uh, and not to get super frustrated because it's hard to get the, these gigs. There's not that many, especially full time. So um, I'm thankful for what I have and um, it's been it's been fun so far.
So uh, we're coming up to the end of my list of questions here. So if you have any, feel free to drop them here in the live stream. I'm sure we'll be doing more of this. I'm excited to do some more uh, live streaming stuff coming up uh, with Outside in Music. We're going to start a quarantine happy hour starting in a couple days, Sunday, with our artists. So that'll be fun. I'm going to try to stream some of that on Instagram. Some of it's going to be on my uh, YouTube. Some of it's going to be on the outside in YouTube, the outside in channels. So if you don't know, outside in music is a record label, a media company that I run, uh, and it's lots of j young jazz artists from New York and some from LA and all over, some in Europe, and uh, it's just a community of artists. And we're trying, I'm trying to, you know, get people out there and get people engaging, interacting. So I'm excited to get that happening uh, starting this weekend. But here's the last question that came in from this week. Uh, feel free to drop some more in if you're here live or into the YouTube comments if you want to have something answered in a future video. Uh, but Patrick O'Brien Trombone, he says, how do you choose specific exercises for your practice sessions? Well, uh, this is directly related to what I was talking about before and that you have to have a goal and everything should be aimed at that goal, for, and at least how I think. And for me, sometimes that's just maintenance and that means I'm going to focus on fundamentals and I'm going to focus on uh, sound flexibility and articulation. Those are, for me, having clarity in those areas. Uh, it, to me, it doesn't really matter what exercises you do as long as you're hitting those concepts. So it could be scales, it could be some complicated scale workout like I make my students do, or it could be simple, just like playing major scales. But with that focus, and I find the more focused you can be, the better. Uh, on, on what you're actually working on because sometimes we just don't we're not working on anything we're just playing through your routine I don't have a long routine you know I just I try to respond to how my chops feel and what I need uh, in terms of something specific the exercise that exercises that I'm choosing like Patrick is asking is more about that goal hitting what is the thing I'm trying to do am I working on upper register am I trying to learn a tune am I trying to take things through the keys, like all of that different stuff informs what I'm choosing for a practice session. I never have time to just practice aimlessly, so I'm always choosing uh, things to work on that are directly related to musical situations that are coming up in the immediate future or that I want to be able to do, like that question that DB Trombone is asking. You know, So I work backwards. If I want to be able to you know, play My Shining Hour really fast, I need to be able to play through those changes slow. I need to be able to improvise eighth notes at a slow tempo. I need to be able to play my major scales with multiple tongue at a slow tempo so I can play them at a fast tempo. Like all these different like micro things inform the end goal. So that's how I choose exercises. And I mostly don't play exercises. I mostly play music. I try to find a piece of music and create exercise exercises out of it rather than like just playing random exercises uh, and that's the same thing I was talking about we we're talking about that in terms of transcription like why are you going to play some book of exercises when you could find vocabulary from people that you like like Freddie Hubbard or JJ Johnson or whoever just go find the vocabulary and learn that vocabulary somebody was asking me the other day about um, jazz etude books and I say the same thing like, why are you doing a jazz etude just learn a transcription and if there's something too hard leave it out and eventually that's your goal to get that thing that's really hard and it might be hard because it's a high note or uh it may be hard because it's too fast play it slow you know that's just just how i feel uh, i'm not a big jazz etude fan other than like if you're writing your own or it has a specific purpose um or it's something that you know is, is something working on something 
uh, in particular. But in terms of just like developing jazz vocabulary, I always send people directly to more transcriptions. Here's some other questions coming in here. Arnie asks, what are you working on lately? Or what am I going to work on during this quarantine? Um, I'm working on music projects. I'm not working on um, trombone stuff too much other than um, just like general upkeep and practicing like just technique and stuff. I've been wanting to get back into uh, shedding modes from the same root uh, along with my students. It's something we're working on, melodic minor modes starting from the same root. Uh, so meaning like the first, second, third, fourth, sixth, seventh mode of melodic minor all starting from C, for example. So if you have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, well, I'll make a video about it sometime. Uh, and, that, and other than that, I want to write music. I want to work on this big band thing I was talking about, and I want to work on this percussion ensemble uh, kind of co project concept. Uh, so I'm really thinking about you know, music into the future. Uh, I had some other stuff get canceled, I think, for the summer, so it looks like I'm going to have more time to get those things together, which is cool. I uh, was looking forward to actually being able to do some solo tour to, um, to Australia this summer, but it looks like that might not happen. Maybe still, but... Uh, Arnie, the C's got a good pun. My funny quarantine. That's pretty good. Uh, Leo C. Johnson, should people avoid using doodle tonguing as their sole form of articulation? Uh, it should not be the sole form of your articulation. Absolutely not. Um, I don't doodle tongue at all, though, so you're asking maybe the wrong person. Um, and my teacher, Steve Trey, would refer to doodle tonguing as the inferior technique. Uh, I don't necessarily agree that it's necessarily inferior. It can be less clear, that's for sure. It can sound a little bit like you got a hand over your face or something like that, if you don't, if you don't shed it with a lot of the idea of clarity. Um, but also, there's a lot of people that use doodle tongue and sound great. So I don't think it has anything to do with the tonguing technique itself. It's just how you decide to shed it and how clean you can get it. Um, but you have to have you know, a single tongue that has to be clean and then a multiple tongue that has to be clean. It could be a D and a G, that's what I do, like do go 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 do or triple tonguing is like so not necessarily for me one or the other. And sometimes I'll doodle day 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 I'll say like doodle day or I don't know. Whatever syllables come out of my mouth is usually what I try to go with. Stole that from Marshall Jokes. He was talking about it at a master class once. However, you might say the rhythm, and maybe is how you should try to articulate it. Uh, just so it feels natural and it flows, you know? Um, but yeah, definitely not the only tonguing technique. It can't be your only tongue tonguing technique. Maybe it could be your only multiple tonguing technique if you want to not do double tonguing or something like that. Okay, excellent. Well, I got through my whole list of questions here. I appreciate you all being here. Uh, feel free if you want to drop something in. Uh, what trombone players, classical and jazz, would you recommend listening to? Okay, this might be a long list here. Um, Trombone-wise, for me, jazz, J.J. Johnson, Curtis Fuller, Slide Hampton, Steve Davis, especially in terms of like getting vocabulary together. Those are big ones to start. Um, and then there's a million other great ones, obviously. There's contemporary people like Michael Deese, Marshall Jokes, Ryan Keberly, Andre Hayward, Wycliffe Gordon, Vincent Gardner, Chris Crenshaw, Elliot Mason. I mean, there's a bajillion people out there doing great stuff on the trombone, jazz-wise. Um, there's other people that are more my age, like Robert Edwards or Joe McDonough. 
Javier Nero, Chris Glassman, Alton Sankalar. There's a lot of really great people. Mike Dees, a lot of his students have been putting out some great stuff. Uh, Classical-wise, I mean, I don't check out all the all of those people. I just heard Peter Steiner recently. He's pretty incredible. Um, I always listened to Christian Lindbergh and Joe Alessi when I was younger, uh, when I was listening to classical stuff, but there's a, some amazing classical players. I heard Tony Baker from UNT give an amazing uh, recital last year at the ITF in Indianapolis. Um, I don't know, those are some people. I always liked Christian Lindbergh, but he's kind of a nut. Uh, and I was always impressed by his, I guess, technical facility, but it, I mean, it could be anyone. Trevor dot Furman, FRMN, thoughts on mouthpiece pressure, no pressure at all, or some pressure? No pressure. No pressure. Don't push the horn into your mouth. It's only going to cause problems. Uh, as I subscribe to the play as relaxed as you can um, approach. I have seen too many students go down a pressure uh, rabbit hole, and it always comes out badly. So. It, just try to be relaxed. Everything has to come from the airstream, at least in my opinion. High range, playing fast, multiple tonguing, single tonguing, cleanliness, playing up, down, left, right, sideways. It's all about the air and being relaxed and trying to approach playing trombone like it's easy, even though maybe it's not easy. Um, so no, do, please don't get into the pressure thing. Please, especially if you, when you get tired and you start cramming it into your face, just stop playing. Uh, take a break. I can't uh, stress that enough. And all this stuff like breathing gym and all this craziness that people do, it all builds tension. And it always, not always, but a lot of times leads to problems. Also, I was talking to somebody, Reggie Chapman, on DM earlier about buzzing. And uh, so I do recommend buzzing from time to time, but it's not something I think you should do every day. And it's not something... That I think directly translates to playing because you don't actually buzz when you play. How about that? Uh, your your chops aren't necessarily buzzing when you're playing. <clears throat> you're getting the air to vibrate, but it's not it's not the same. So if you get good at buzzing, it's not necessarily translating to actually being good at playing the trombone, in my opinion. But uh, again, I'm not the only person teaching trombone out here, and so there's lots of ways to do it. But definitely uh, avoid pressure. Try to stay relaxed. Miles Burke asks, what's the best jazz standard to play for a high school jazz ensemble audition? I play trombone. Well, I don't know what the audition is, so that would be a little bit hard to say. Um, something that you enjoy playing would be something I would suggest. It should be a tune you like. It should be something that you can play from memory, uh, something you can improvise over. Um, that's what I would recommend, something that demonstrates your proficiency. If you can play a bebop head, that's going to do a lot of things at once. It's going to show you're serious about the music. It's going to show uh, that you studied articulation and accents and swing feel. It's going to take you a long way. It's going to help you learn vocabulary. So I would suggest something like that, like a, like a Charlie Parker tune or like a Bud Powell head or something like that. Uh, here is a question from Trenton, Trenton Barnes, my favorite trombonist. Uh, he says, advice on setting up a home studio slash practice space. A lot of people, I think, are thinking about this right now. Um, I think, for me, I have to put it in a space that's kind of dedicated for that. I hate having to keep pulling things out and moving things this way or that way. Um, 
for me. I do a lot of stuff with video. If you're going to be doing video lessons, Skype lessons over the next three weeks, four weeks, two months, however long this goes, uh, I would recommend making sure there's no window behind you. Um, make sure that you have um, lighting that's in front of you or get lights if you're going to, so that you can actually uh, make yourself look decent it's a lot of times you see like it's all black or dark um point in a direction where you know you're not going to be playing directly into your setup you know you want to have a little bit of offset um i don't know trend we can talk more sometime but i'm not exactly sure uh what you mean if you're talking about like a home studio to actually record you you want to definitely soundproof and stuff like that daniel diaz bone hello from portugal oh man uh, I think I'm coming to Portugal in October with an Ock Cohen, so hopefully, hopefully that happens. But I think we are coming. I forget where. Not sure. Um, but yeah, Trenton, send me a message about what you're thinking, and we'll uh, figure out how to maybe best set that up. But uh, okay, Leo C. Johnson, what do you think of the trombone's place in the modern jazz scene? Specifically, why do you think it is so underrepresented? Um, hmm. I actually don't think it's underrepresented. I think there's lots of people out here doing stuff. Uh, if you mean by like big festivals and things like that, I don't know. It's not really our place to decide. I, I find a lot of people think the trombone is obnoxious sounding or they think it's like uh, only you know, glissy and greasy and loud and obnoxious. And I just think it takes more of us out there championing it and leading bands and um, writing music and doing interesting things. I don't so I don't think that uh, the trombone is underrepresented. Maybe maybe you need to uh, get it out there into your scene more, Leo. I don't know where you live, but um, yeah, there's lots of people doing great stuff. So I think we have to keep pushing. I think we have to play at a high level. I think we have to not complain about stuff. Um, you know, there's only so many festival gigs around, and I think you have to be doing something that's interesting and you have to be doing something that's worth presenting and you have to be confident in you know, presenting a unique point of view of the trombone, uh, whether that's you know, infusing you know, a hip hop thing or doing a brass band thing or doing you know, a traditional jazz thing or doing a Tommy Dorsey thing or whatever you're trying to do, but do it at a really high level and try to do it for a long time. Like stick to one avenue, one path, you know? Um, I mean, I've made five records with the same band. You know, it helps establish your brand, your identity to the music industry, to build on it, to not be changing directions every two seconds, you know. You're, you're building something for yourself for the long term and uh, makes you not so, like, jumpy, you know. People know what to expect when they listen to Nick Finzer's music. It means whatever that means. It's modern jazz trombone, whatever. So... Um, yeah, I think that's a good place to leave it for today, but I'm sure we'll do another one of these soon. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Please, everybody stay healthy. Uh, stay home. Don't go out. Let's get this over with. The sooner everybody chills out, the sooner we can uh, all get healthy and back to, back to normal. So uh, anyway, thanks for being here. Feel free to DM me some questions or leave them on YouTube. Uh, there's lots of... Uh, videos if you're looking for something trombone wise to occupy your time uh, there's lots of exercise videos on youtube uh, go and search those out so bye everybody and uh, we'll see you next time